Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Hello, massage therapists, and welcome back. Today, Becca and I are going to discuss spirituality, energy work, and massage. This topic was prompted by a question we received from a listener. Madison asked, could you share your thoughts on massage therapy and how it intertwines with spirituality? Do you feel like there is a connection between the two topics? Is massage a form of energy healing to you? Hi, Becca. Hey, Allie. (laughs) And uh, hey, Madison, thank you for your question. Uh, I think Madison had a second part to her question that we do plan to address in another episode. So Allie, it sounds like we're going on an interesting little adventure today. Right? So Becca, getting to the heart of Madison's question, do you have any thoughts on whether there's a spiritual element to massage and or energy healing? I think there's definitely a spiritual relationship for me in my massage practice, as well as the healing modalities I use. But that being said, I think there definitely doesn't have to be a spiritual component for someone to practice massage or use any of the healing modalities. At least that's my perspective on it. What do you think? Well, I I feel like a lot of massage therapists identify with being spiritual, And therefore, there are strong associations between massage and spirituality. But before we dive too deep, I think we should get clear about some of the terminology. So in preparation for this episode, I consulted the all-knowing Google and learned (laughs) that spirituality is the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. To be a little more specific, I also Googled the definition of spiritual, which pretty much said the same thing. It says related to or affecting the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things or relating to religion or religious beliefs. When I looked up energy healing, it said it was a form of complementary and alternative medicine based on the belief that a vital energy flows through the human body. The goal of energy healing is to balance the energy flow in the patients. And lastly, for massage therapy, the definition I found was the manipulation of the muscles and other soft tissues of the bodies by a massage therapist for therapeutic purposes. Wow. I really like those clear, basic definitions. That's great. Yeah, it kind of clears things up anyways. So based on those definitions, I would say that while spirituality will not always be present in a massage, that often it can be. I also do think that sometimes spirituality can be a bit sticky, and it's important as practitioners to not push our own agenda onto clients. I remember years ago working with a therapist who used to wrap up all of her massages with a prayer she would hover her hands over the client's third eye and recite the exact same prayer for every massage. 
And it was a really nice prayer, but it also didn't feel super appropriate. I, I kind of feel like this story exemplifies the need for boundaries within the massage industry, holding space for our clients' spirit and souls without getting muddled up in the logistics of what healing looks like for that soul. Does, does that make sense to you, Becca? Yeah, that, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I think in a private practice setting where you're building long-term relationships with your clients, bringing your own spiritual flavor into a session can be totally appropriate. And it might be, in fact, what your clientele continues to come back and see you for, um, or at least a little bit of it. But in a setting where you're working with other therapists and seeing clients driven through a studio or spa setting, I think it's really inappropriate unless it's part of their expected service, like maybe a chakra balancing or something like that. Plus, if you're really called to leave your session with a closing prayer or other way that you close a service, I think there's unobtrusive ways to do it. I've definitely experienced that in tandem massage where, you know, the practitioner does a prayer in literally every client's ear that comes through the door and it's quite uncomfortable for some clients and it it can be off-putting for the flow of a tandem massage. Yeah, that's an interesting, an interesting place to insert that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, With the definitions, though, I think most of us, with the definitions that you presented, I think most of us massage therapists are concerned with more than just the physical well-being of our clients. Yeah. In my own personal healing journey, I feel that with the the slow release, you know, that slow healing process, and it's it's taking a, a lot of time, but the release of physical pain in my own body, my spiritual self has grown. And I consider my spiritual self to be an aware connection with all living things or all life. I feel like that's been a result of the body work I've received through the release of, of pain and physical discomfort. And this has been a long journey. And though I would say that my spiritual self-care has fluctuated, sometimes it's been stronger than others, which I, that's probably normal. I hope anyway, but my intention with creating space for my clients has always been for their highest good, regardless of where I've personally been at spiritually speaking. Yeah, that's cool. I, I think there are a lot of places our mind goes when we hear the word spirituality. Sometimes I think that spirituality has kind of a woo-woo connotation, and other times I think our mind goes to religion, and both of these associations carry a lot of connotation, positive and negative. So to feel like your connection with your own spirituality has fluctuated over time seems totally natural to me. So Becca, let's touch on some energy healing modalities. There's so many. Which ones are you familiar with? There are so many modalities. Uh, The modalities that I first started working with were the biodynamic cranial sacral, which when I started, I didn't really know the difference between upledger or biodynamic. I was just excited to be exposed to cranial sacral. I also... Uh, learn trauma touch, shiatsu, and the chakra system. And those were all part of the 1500-hour curriculum at BCMT. So they weren't in the 1,000-hour, I think. Um, 
so I didn't necessarily like sign up for cranial sacral and trauma touch and shiatsu. They were just part of the curriculum. But since then, I've also gotten my Reiki master certification, which is a collection of, of symbols that energetically assist in healing the body. And the master Reiki is just collecting the last symbol. So it's a, a master symbol. Um, and I also do energy work with crystals, which you kind of learn a little bit more about working with crystals and pendulums and, and all that sort of stuff. It, it overlaps in a bunch of different energy modalities, I feel like. But I also use the pendulum, breath work, and singing bowls, although I don't have any any formal tra- training in sound healing, but I think it's really, really cool. I, I do too. <laughs> so, Becca, that's a lot of modalities. You, you fit those all into one session, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be that would be a lot to fit into one session. Uh, it makes me think of uh, this term Mini Driver uses in the movie Gross Point Blank, which I love. John Cusack, I absolutely love him, but she calls it Shakabuku, and the definition <laughs> for it is a swift spiritual kick to the head that alters your reality forever. I feel like that's what it would be like if you smooshed all of the the energy healing. Uh, modalities into that would be pretty intense <laughs> yeah i think it would be yeah. i think it would be uh how about you ali what what energy healing modalities are you familiar with or yeah you- so i also studied cranial sacral but i studied under the upledger method as well as biofield tuning using tuning forks and i have to say that when I first started practicing both of these modalities, it was pretty intimidating for me to trust myself and my intuition when I was doing like a full-on intentional energy work session. And sometimes I still have to gear myself up for these type of sessions. I, I would say that I'm way more comfortable with cranial sacral than I am with biofield tuning. Um, and I think in large part that's because when I was learning the biofield method, my son was 10 months and um, I, I didn't, he was like waking up every hour <laughs> during the night. So I was like super sleep deprived and, um, and I just didn't have as much energy to really dive in and get super comfortable with this modality. But it's both, both cranial sacral and biofield tuning are super awesome methods. I love cranial sacral and those toddlers, they, they do suck up a lot of time and energy, don't they? <laughs> what exactly does a biofield tuning session look like? I have only briefly kind of like experienced it. Um, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's sound healing using tuning forks, primarily tuning forks. And then you also do can use crystals and pendulums as well in a session. So mm-hmm. It's addressing the chakras, the feminine and masculine energy, and ancestral rivers. It's it's kind of a trip. It's all about tapping into your own subconscious to feel and hear the subtle differences within the tuning forks as you work on and around the body. It's it's definitely pretty powerful. What what about you? Do you do energy healing sessions separate from massage? You know, Allie, I personally think that massage is a form of energy healing (laughs) yeah I totally agree Uh, but that being said I do 
I do do integrated sessions, which would be massage, um, physical massage, as well as like integrated with the different forms of energy work, depending on what the client needs. But I also uh, do just specific energy healing modality sessions if it's requested by a client, like a, a chakra session or a Reiki session uh, as a standalone. Uh, but typically I do incorporate, you know, energy work into all of my work because I think it's so powerful and I think the systems are integrated. Um, but in, I th- and I think you touch on something that's pretty important. There's a, a really strong separation in Western mentality between energy healing and uh, physical body work. Yeah. And I think this is because with energy healing, we're working with an energetic body system that we can't necessarily see with our eyes. And in Western medicine, we really you know, we, we need to verify and, you know, use the scientific method on everything before it's considered valid or real. Right. But in traditional Chinese medicine and Ayurvedic medicine, you know, I feel like they've really, they've had these energy bodies mapped out for like two to 5,000 years. And it's not just the energy body, you know, they also have the physical body pretty well mapped out. So they have these integrated systems. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool because in the biofield training that I did, mapping out the energetic fields is a part of the ongoing research that's legitimizing the tuning fork use. And it's so cool because they have this photo- photographing tool that it's called a biofield viewer. And it actually shows the chakras, the meridians, the acupuncture points. And it's it's just so wild to see all of that mapped through a photographic tool. It 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 That's so it cool. just helps legitimize it, you know? Yeah. I and I think that is like I believe that that is proof that our Western mindset is coming around to proving and accepting these more ancient healing systems and anatomy. Yeah, I I agree. And just to go a little bit deeper into like the physical energy of massage, at least for my reasoning, um, I think it all kind of started for me at least with ATP when we were learning about uh, the process of a cell in AP class. Do you remember all that, Allie? Yeah, we learned that ATP was molecular currency or intercellular energy transfer. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is the molecular currency that basically energizes every action in the body. And this is the breakdown of uh, glycogen. So through that glycogen breakdown, ATP is derived, essentially. And that is the energy currency in the cell. This stuck out to me because all of our bodies function on an energy exchange. And you can go pretty deep with this with, you know, um, electrons and molecular structure and all this stuff, which (laughs) I'm definitely no expert at. I had to consult Google a bunch to brush up on some of this uh, terminology and thought process that I got. Isn't isn't Google great? So long ago. Oh, thank God for smartphones and Google. Uh, But this definitely 
this energy exchange, it, it stuck out to me because I feel like whenever we're facilitating an ease and energy exchange within the body, I would consider that energy healing. So when I say this, I'm like, I'm thinking of like trigger point therapy where you're releasing um, acidic metabolic waste while flooding the area with fresh oxygen and nutrients via blood flow, uh, energy healing. Swedish massage where you're removing toxins through different, you know, muscle manipulations and strokes and bringing in oxygen and nutrients to soft tissue. Muscle energy techniques, they are, I mean, it's right in the name. It's an energy technique. They're resetting the proprioception of the muscle body. So stretch and, uh, and length, right? And, and tone as well. And then also, in reflexology and cranial sacral, which I love these two therapies. I wish, I, I feel like I could continue to learn and learn to understand them more and more. You know, there's just so much there. But you're working with the peripheral and central nervous system to remove blockages, thus facilitating uninterrupted communication via our electrical circuitry, which I think it's so cool that we have electrical circuitry in our bodies. It's just so amazing. (laughs) So for me, massage therapy on its own is a form of energy healing. Boom. (laughs) What do you think about all that, Allie? Yeah, well, I agree with your thought that all massage is a form of energy work for sure. But I also do complete sessions that are just energetic based. Um, that everything we do has energy exchange and to separate them out is, is kind of futile. I agree. <laughs> I just agree. Like, I mean, they, it's so important just the intention that you walk into your, your therapy session with. And that's a form of, energetic interaction yeah so yeah i mean all of it is (laughs) we're energetic beings (laughs) it's so true science is finally catching up to that yeah so becca you've spent a good portion of your career in the spa do you think that certain settings are more appropriate for energy healing modalities yeah i i really actually do think that there's certain settings that are really appropriate for energy healing modalities and it is beneficial for um, certain healthcare practitioners to get education in energy healing modalities. I think obviously you can use energy healing modalities in any of your typical massage sessions as long as it follows that client-centered model where you know the the client the client's highest interest is being addressed. Yeah, um, which I always think making them uncomfortable. Yeah, I always think making sure that that we're following the client's client centered model is just so important. I I feel like I see so often where therapists push their own agenda. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I I'm so grateful for BCMT for really like I mean they drove that into our uh, subconscious. Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think there's certain instances, you know, where you absolutely want to use, uh, energy healing modalities over physical ones. And my first experience with this was actually while I was in school. So I absolutely, I think I've made it pretty clear that I loved the, the 
program that we went through. If I could go through it again, I totally would. Um, <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> I know, I know. I have such fond memories. Um, but they had internships that we had to complete, and I think that's pretty standard for massage programs. Uh, but one of my internships was at the Boulder Community Hospital, uh, which I, I loved that I got to be in a medical setting and see what that was like. And I spent most of my time on the oncology floor, although I spent some time on the orthopedic floor as well. Uh, I found it really interesting, the patients on the oncology floor. They were undergoing various stages of treatment, but all of them had a similar state of fragility and sensitivity in their physical body. So you really couldn't do any physical massage on them. Their body was energetically depleted. Um, they were emotionally just wrung out. Uh, their physical body was, I mean, barely holding on together in yeah. most cases. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the luckily we had a mentor who was watching over our internship and he just offered some amazing advice and encouragement to start to tap into that energy healing with 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 our clients that we were seeing on the oncology floor. And, and sessions were pretty they were pretty short, but it was eye opening, Allie, to see the just to see like the life and the energy flow into these individuals who are going through this pretty traumatic, physically traumatic experience just from energy work. So yeah. holding um, a little bit of trauma touch, a little bit of cranial sacral, whatever was appropriate for that specific person. Um, but it was, it was profound. It was absolutely amazing. Blood, like rosy red cheeks, um, a sparkle in the eye. Like it was, I don't know. It, it blew me away. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. I feel like the medical setting, like energy work is just, it's one of those things where you can't go wrong, you know, and yeah. people are so heightened and sensitive yeah. um, in that setting. Yeah. That's definitely true for sure. My other experience was we also had to do case studies in school and, uh, I did my case study on um, three clients that had rheumatoid arthritis, and it was a 10-week case study where we, you know, we used um, we used uh, two different modalities. I think we started off with more, but then we narrowed it down to just two mo modalities, which were Swedish and Shiatsu, and we would collect data on quality of life after a session, pain level, and emotional state, and it was so crazy, Al, like, all three participants, quality of life, emotional state, and pain were significantly um, improved from the shiatsu and not the Swedish. Hmm. So it, it's, I mean, since then, so that's been, you know, a, a good solid 12 years. Since then, I've noticed this trend in all of my clas uh, clients with autoimmune diseases or disorders where it's, they, they typically respond really well to energy healing modalities. That's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. So another thing that I tend to notice is that some clients are just more receptive to the idea of energy work. I can't hear you. Some come seeking it out while others are kind of scared shitless of it, <laughs> which is really funny to me. I, I mean, obviously, I don't want to shame 
or try to push something on someone who's uncomfortable with the idea of a particular treatment. But I do find it really interesting how out of touch with their own energy some clients are. And in some ways, I think a lot of these out-of-touch clients actually come to receive work because subconsciously they want their energy to be more balanced. I totally agree. And maybe even just to kind of create that communication or or connection, you know, with their energetic bodies. Yeah. You know, Allie, I also kind of think, I don't kind of think, I think, moving <laughs> forward out of, out of COVID and potentially the the speculated resurgence next winter of this virus energy healing modalities might be a potentially comfortable or more appropriate way that we can treat our clients you can typically do an energy session completely supine so allowing you know your clients and you to both wear masks um in a typical massage it's it'd be really uncomfortable to wear a mask in a face cradle. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, like your clients are usually clothed in energy, um, energy, you know, healing modalities, at least in my experience. Right. Um, You know, I, I would say I sometimes do energy work with people not clothed, but you definitely can do it closed for sure. Yeah. All the ones I'm thinking of, like, you can do it closed. You yeah. Can, obviously. But I mean, if, if, you know, if you can do an energy healing session on someone who's clothed, that takes away, you know, these issues with that we're kind of discussing now uh, with Dora and, and moving into, you know, what the new normal in the massage studio looks like with blankets and face cradles and them harboring nasty things like viruses and you know all <laughs> this all this other kind of grossness yeah <laughs> so i mean for myself i think i'll definitely be diving into some deeper learning in energy healing modalities in the in the next coming couple months and I just, I love, I love what we do. The learning truly never ends. You know, Becca, I hadn't really thought about the implications of energy work because of the COVID situation, but I think that you, I think that you might be right about how it could potentially really be a sought after modality. And I think not only for kind of the physical reasons that you mentioned about the mask and the blankets and the face cradle and the, you know, all of that, but also just because I think that so many of us are going through energetic transformations right now during this time. And, Absolutely. you know, some some good and some kind of challenging for people. I think anytime that there's a big shift, you know, that there's there's challenges that present themselves. So I, I think you bring up a really great point about that. I know I've definitely gone through some energetic challenges in the last week. <laughs> yes, me too. Me too. <laughs> well, it's been rough. Yeah. Thanks, Madison, for that awesome question. And we will be doing a follow-up episode with the second half of your question. Our sponsor for this episode is me, Allie of the Massage Business Mama. During all of this COVID craziness, I have had to learn how to pivot my massage practice to stay relevant and swim, not sink. In making these tough decisions, I created a workbook to help myself make conscious and informed choices as to how to move forward. The workbook, 
Massage Practice Reimagined, Redefining Your Massage Business After the COVID Crisis, is a 36-page interactive guide to help you move forward in a post-COVID landscape. It retails for $12, but for Align with the Massage Business Mama listeners, you can get it for $4.99. Go to www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com to shop this workbook. At checkout, use coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, to get your discount. And please, let me know how the workbook helps you work through this crisis. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.